Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome in to On My Block, the Green Bay Packer podcast with myself, Amon Green, and my good old friend, teammate, and destroyer uh, D-Tackles, Mike Wall. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we were playing, and, and, and so he was, our, he was our, in, our certified in-house badass. Okay, that was, that was Mike's title beyond being Pro Bowl guard for our team during our, during my, our days together. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, brother? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that intro, man. I'll tell you what's funny is like, you know, you remember some things that because uh, people say a lot, especially if you're an offensive lineman. You probably don't know this, but as offensive lineman, people say a lot of bad things about you. Yeah, right? no, I know. And so I, whenever I when when, yeah. when you get a compliment, every once in a while you get a compliment, you're like, oh damn, like it makes you feel like you're ten feet tall. And I remember, I can't remember who who wrote it, but the nicest thing that anyone ever said about me All right. was that is that they just said this kid this kid's a damn street fighter. That's the nicest thing. Like of all the things you could say, like not that he's good, not right? That he has talent. It's like that was the most meaningful. That's the only comment, like positive comment that I remember was that. Hey man, this guy, this guy's a street fighter. Everything else is I just remember like negative, like bad stuff. That's the problem with football, man. If you right. play offensive line, because all everybody cares about is the bad stuff, right? So we just right. always think about how, how negative calls, everything the is. False starts. Not protecting it, the quarterback, that's, right? That is the one. I'm serious. I'm not joking now. That is the one compliment that I actually remember. That is that's that's how interesting. sad is that? That's sad, right? That, that, it's just interesting <laughs> because you are more than just a bad, you know, whipping some bunch of somebody in the face. You're an athlete, like you know, with during your days, you're definitely beyond that. And then a uh, family guy, you know. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I get, yeah, they they may they may have been just talking about it on the field, but it is it is funny. Right. Like you know, we I remember like this, you know, so many nice things written about you and you know skill position players and right. deservingly so. And there's nice things written about everybody, but that was because when I was coming in, for me, it was that like that's who I wanted to be more than right. anything else. You just kind of you know how you, you try to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna fit in, what, like what your role is gonna be. Yeah. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted people to just I wanted people to just hate me. I wanted people right. to get worried about getting rolled up. I wanted to knock people over piles. I wanted people to think about me so they weren't worried about you. Right. Right. That was my whole thing. I want them to worry right. about me so they're not worried about you. And that was the my, that was my mindset. I wanted people. <laughs> I was, I wanted to be like Ice Cube, that 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 one, that one running back you love to hate. Like, yep. oh my God, he's running the ball again. Wow, he's got to drop his shoulder and run every. You know, and I did. I had a I had a few linebackers, a few D linemen, defensive coordinators that that, that uh, voiced their opinion in the middle of the field after a game. Like, hey, you remember Lofa yeah. Tatupu? Yes. Oh yes, Lofa, I remember him. Lofa was a 
Now, Lobo was a little bit like probably next generation, but he was a complete badass, right? Like yes, that dude was, was that dude was a dude. bad man. Now, right? USC guy, Cardinals, Ken, Ken Norton Jr. Ken Norton Jr. coached him in college. He was right. the smartest linebacker I've ever seen. He literally called out our entire game. The last time, my last game in Carolina, we played Seattle. He right. called literally every play, including a um, a flea a, flicker. He called a flea flicker out of a timeout. <laughs> And wow. he said, well, here's the, here's the point, though. He said to me, the two baddest dudes I've ever had to tackle, Amon Green and Frank Gore, in that order. Nice. That's a compliment. Wow, that is. Because Frank Gore is the bad. Frank Gore, I just I was in for Miami his, his year in Miami. Yeah. Frank Gore is one of the baddest dudes I've ever been around. You know I love you. No, I know. I mean, but, that's you know what I'm saying? Frank, Frank I... Gore was like 38 years old or whatever the hell he is, man, doing right. it still. Right, yeah, that's and, a that's and, a compliment. That's a big time compliment. Yeah, and and I heard that through uh, Najee, you know, him being on the squad with us, Najee Davenport, who played at the U with Frank Gore. I mean, he would talk. He said, "Hey, man," he said, "If it wasn't for Frank," he said, "Well, I'm the reason." I mean, he said, "Frank Gore is the reason I got drafted so late." <laughs> you know, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, he was the guy. I remember, and he still obviously he still is playing now, correct? I think is it, he, or he's not on the squad. I think he's in. Is he in Buffalo? He was in Buffalo. Dude, I feel like he was in Buffalo last. I don't know. He was. Right. He was like he was taking a tour of the NFC East. Man, he's waiting to get right, the Patriots is, to sign him so he can get a, a Super Bowl. Right, exactly. Which is great because obviously he earned. He's what number two or three all time leading rush. He's two. I think he I passed Walter. He passed Walter, or he's like right behind Walter. One of the two. I know he passed Barry. Two, last two year. ACLs in college too. Right. 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 And it, it was a. Uh, What's the? It, it was he. His nickname. I don't know if you ever caught it. His nickname because of that. Because I knew that when he came into the league, um, he was the inconvenient truth because of both injuries. You know, both knees, knee serious. Not just the the MCL tweak or no ACL uh, yep. complete reconstruction on both knees, and that I say that probably had prepared him for the mental part of where he's at now. Like so, it's no to him. Is like you know what I I went through the worst thing a football player could go through or athlete could go through is tearing having an injury like that to the mental you know mindset to where he's at now it's like you know i'm in my you know 20th year almost 20th year and 30 i just i just remembered he he's retired because listen okay. to this so when he was in miami because you know he's down he's from down there and he was yeah, talking he about is. uh he's talking about how he, he keeps in shape he, he's like i love boxing and he was crazy mm. he was like i we're like okay you know it kind of made sense if you knew him which mm. like hey man what do you like so much about boxing he goes he put his big smile on his face and he's like, I love that I was so bad at it. Like he, it was just, he's like that guy. He's like, Oh, I'm not good at this. I got to get mm -hmm. good. And yeah. so now he's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to be one of those dudes that's boxing. Right? I'm going to go box. Right. He's going to go training. take some. Yeah. yeah he, well, no, 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 no. Like you, he's like, you might see me on pay-per-view. Like he's oh, like, that. Gotcha. He, and oh, he's, he's that guy. Yeah, I'm he's that, that guy, guy too. I'm not the guy too. I like that mindset. Yeah. I like that mindset. Cause I, it says football between you. I know you played rugby for a little bit when you went over and get your your head. Not like degree. you. Hey, I, I was then, amateurish. <laughs> hey, what you play? I played. You know, you know that. And I played yep. with one of uh, your wife's coaches um, yep. when I went out to to Chula Vista to be with the USA national team. And uh, so, and then I came back. To, you know, coming back home, I created a rugby team here in Green Bay, so I could run around and hit people with that. It was so hilarious, though. The first time, you know, you you're in that line, you know. And right before the balls kicked off, these dudes look at me. There's one dude that, that basically had to take me on, looks at me, is like, wait a minute, that's a mind. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> he like his life, his life like stopped. Like, 
I mean, I just I'm thinking about it from a third person perspective, right? Okay, so guy gets all this fame playing football for the Green Bay Packers, legend, Hall, you know, Packers Hall of Fame guy. Right. He comes back and creates his own rugby league so he can bully Green Bay residents. I'm not bullying. Come on, Mike. I wouldn't say that. That's what that's what that is exactly what that sounds like, man. That would be like me. That would be like me going to like. uh, (laughs) <laughs> that'd be like me going to a, to the village full of short people up in up in mount soledad in, in san diego and be like hey man we're gonna start a basketball league right now like, you kidding yeah, me no fair no fair uh no fair but uh yeah oh hey that's hilarious <laughs> that's hilarious uh but let's get to this game let's talk about this game we got the packers going out to the west coast you know going against the, these niners and these niners you know the the young season for both these teams, we've seen two different teams. You know, we got, oh, hello. <laughs> we got um, Packers slowly coming together. And uh, the 49ers, you know, struggling to beat on the road a Detroit team that we know now, we kind of know where Detroit's going to be this year. They're going to be in the bottom half of the NFC uh, North. We see that right now. But Detroit takes them to the wire. You know, they only lose the 49ers by a touchdown. And then the next week for the 49ers, you know, um, I think they – what, they played the Eagles, I think. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, and it was a good game. Another tough game, but a team that's still on the rise in terms of the Eagles giving the 49ers problems. And then, obviously, with the Packers, week one, we saw what happened. They only scored three points. But then week two, they get a team that, obviously, they should uh, beat and should go out and play football. But, obviously, not perfect football, but – this is the NFL. You don't need perfect football. You're not impressing the posters, the coaches, Paul, anything like that. It's about winning. So they did that. They went out against the Detroit Lions, and they won. Regardless of how they won, they won. And now you go out to a team in the last two years, the 49ers had the Packers number. They've been kicking their butt, manhandling them, um, home or away, uh, with the run game, and then obviously a strong defense. So in this game here, you know, what I saw right from the jump um, – Obviously, that first drive for Green Bay, you know, they marched down the field. So they're now slowly getting in that rhythm. And then as a, you know, as from a player standpoint, it's something now that, okay, now you see, this is the timing I was talking about from game one that was missing. You know, those routes that some of the balls he was throwing, some of the, you know, and Aaron Jones getting the ball, he's hitting the gap and those blocks, it's just, everything is fluid now. As soon as he hit the gap, he's through the hole untouched. He's at the second level. He's at the DB level where even though he's not a big back, he's 5'9", 208, but when you, as a running back, you know, when we get to that second level, that's, that's where we basically love to be because we're dealing with guys, for me, I'm, I got 10, 15 pounds on these guys in terms of coming downhill, and I didn't have to deal with the linebacker. So when most of the time, which y'all did, they're all, you know, the guys that on the front line with you, Mike, got me to that second level, you, you, you're, you already knew in the back of your head, this is going to be a long day for this defense when number 30 or when that running back is getting second level. So I saw that early with Aaron Jones. It, 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 I mean, I won't say early. Early was tough. But then later, those gaps, those players obviously naturally get tired. But then obviously the 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 scheme of all the motioning they did, and you saw both offices doing that because Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur had coached together. So a lot of those uh, uh, arena – actually, what I know, Matt LaFleur played arena football. And he played for oh, the did Omaha. He? I didn't know that. Yeah, he played for the Omaha Beef. And he played for uh, the North, one of the North Dakota teams in the same league. And so it was the same league that the beef sometimes would come up here to Green Bay, played against the Green Bay, uh, was a blizzard uh, arena league. So 
So I found that out. So that's where you see these wacky motions, you know, like that touchdown to Devontae Adams that he, he's motioning across and he kind of stops, shakes, and then goes back out. Almost looked like a, a counter handoff, but it was basically a, um, a, a fake out basically because of the motion. So I saw that. And, and I say like offense, defense too on the same side um, before I pass it to you. Like getting better now that timing is coming together on both sides of the ball. Yeah, definitely. You know, the thing that's really interesting for me is the 49ers started this game and what they were basically doing, first of all, the 49ers are playing a six or seven man box, right? They're not like, they're mm -hmm. not challenging the run. They're basically, and I think, no. uh, I think the commentators said this on the, on the uh, TV last night. They're basically saying now with good offenses, like we'd rather you like Aaron Rodgers, we don't want Devontae Adams or, 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 or any of these other guys to take these, you know, 40 yard chunks, 50 mm -hmm. yard chunks. We're going to let you slow play this. We think you're going to either a, and this is the way I look at it, at least a, right. The offensive coordinator, whoever's calling the plays, is gonna get gonna get bored, right? Here, I got a story for you. Let's sum it up, right? right. Dan Henning, we're playing the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Dan Henning's offense, they got nobody on the defensive line. Dan Henning, we're sitting there. I was with the Carolina Panthers. Dan Henning came mm -hmm. into the the room on Wednesday, and he's like, "Guys, and this is back when the Colts, this is Peyton Manning Colts, right? They're scoring points. Right. Says, Guys, I actually have no doubt that we can win this game by just running the ball every single play." We'll keep away, we'll keep the ball away from Peyton. We can control the clock, and there's literally yeah. no way they can stop us. And we had Vinny Testaverde at quarterback. He's like 42 years old at the time, right? Right. And this is like 42 years old back in the 2000s, not now. And apparently, <laughs> Tom Brady looks like he's you know 32. Right. It's the diet. It's the diet. Right. It's but he goes. Well. Danny Haynes just looks at us and smiles and goes, "But damn it, I just can't do it. We got to throw the ball." And he was just—he's basically saying like. I don't have the patience to sit there and watch that, even though it, it might cost us the game. And of course it right. did. They ended up blowing us out. Right. right. But the point of that is like these def these defensive coordinators are going, Hey, listen, I don't think you can go from the 15 all the way down to the, the end zone without getting greedy. I don't think right. you can do it. Like, I think if you're going to run a six man box, right. If we're going to spread out running your six man box, or if you're going to have a tight end in the game or two tight ends in the game, you're only mm -hmm. going to run a seven man box because you want to bracket Devontae Adams and you're so worried about him, you should run the ball every single play. Right. But I they understand. know that the coach can't do that or the quarterback's going to make a check. They know that. And so now you're going to get behind the sticks or yeah. we're going to have a holding call. Like they're basically saying something bad's going to happen. Right. And so right. You, you look early in this game and all they were doing first, first series, maybe the second series, they're taking Joey Bosa and they're just having him, they're, they're stacking the safety or the corner on that side just outside of him to play mm -hmm. kind of a box player, right? And they're taking mm -hmm. him and they're driving him down the middle of the tackle of, of Yosh, who, by the way, did had a great game last night. Congratulations right. to him on his first he start. Did. Big that time situation, easy, uh, big time player. Like that was that was monster, right? But yeah, not early in job. the game, you saw Bosa penetrating, making a lot of plays, yeah. just taking him down the middle and basically cutting off the B gap, even though he's a C gap player, mm -hmm. right? They yep. stopped doing that for, for some reason. They just stopped doing it all together. And it right. just became all you can eat as the game went on. So the Niners, it was like a head scratcher. I don't know if the Packers did something different, right, to prevent that from happening, or right. they just decided, hey, we're, we're too worried about Devontae Adams. He already, you know, Aaron Rodgers already has 130 yards in the first quarter or whatever. Right. And then you see that this on the other side, the Niners, where's the weakness of on Green Bay's defense? Well, it's the interior line. Okay. Right now, now yes. Kenny Clark was mauling Alex Mack yeah, early on in the game. Alex Mack is one of the best centers of all time, but he's a little bit, you know, older I now. I saw some of the uh, pressures Kenny, that he put on him. Kenny, Kenny Clark's beating him in the run game, like, like really, really bad. 
And so maybe that's part of it, but you're still thinking like, man, given the personnel that we have inside and the success they're having run the ball downhill, why are you continuing to go outside and let basically our two best players in there, right? Preston Mm -hmm. uh, Smith and and Gary, you're, you're having them matched up against tight ends, against receivers, right? Letting them set the edge. And then so Preston Smith setting the edge early on the run play to the right. You see the same Gary doing it all night, kind of creating havoc. And so it kind of felt like, it felt like one of those games where you should just, Hey, stick with what's working on both sides of the ball and the Packers. And I mean, this could have been a higher scoring game. I I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. I I saw that there's potential for more, more offense. And I'm just happy, obviously that the guys we have on our side and, and ultimately 37 seconds, just enough time for Aaron Rodgers to pull one out. Right. That was amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. And And you talk about, uh, that and it's something that you're going to bring up here with Garoppolo uh, later in how you stay and getting off his spot. And then that too, not only getting off his spot, I, what I noticed with him, you know, later in those games, in those crunch minutes and those clutch minutes, basically, we're find out what you made of that uh, was a second to last drive where they basically had to get the go ahead, score the touchdown before that drive where he had the, where the, the ball was thrown into the ground. I'm like, that whole drive, he just seemed a little bit on edge. He was, mm-hmm. he was anxiety coming out. Like, oh my God, this is where I gotta, I gotta fight. Like, I gotta show that I could be that quarterback. You know, at that situation, I saw his true colors starting to flare. I was like, he is panicking. He is backpedaling. He is not being mechanically sound as you usually see him. He drops back. He sits. He processes. You know, from you know, if it's a flat throw to a corner throw to the slant, all of that. He wasn't even going. He's just like oh my God, <laughs> you know, let me get this ball out type mindset. And it was no mechanic, no mechanics there. And it's a little bit something that you see with, you know, with, I say Aaron, he had a few plays where he had that, you know, where he kind of almost backpedaling, you know, in a play where that's where you, you know, you should not be going. So it was just interesting to see his, uh, you know, him trying to manage a clutch situation. So it just, it's, it's like people get in there, you find out, you said we said it last week with Mike Tyson. Hey, everybody got a, a game plan until you get punched in the face. So it was one of those things where I saw Garoppolo's true colors. Like, oh, oh, when that time is crunched, where the game is on your back, you got to get your team in the end zone or in scoring range. What are you going to do? So right now we saw a little bit of panic set in with Garoppolo early in that uh, at the end for the first. I say big. I say opportunity for him to drive down and get a score in there. Yeah, you know it's 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 funny it's gotta be such a difficult situation for him to be in right now. They, they take all that draft capital and they, and they, they yeah, go, I think they move to the third round pick, right. Or third, third Trey pick Lance. in the draft, right. To pick up right. a new Trey quarterback. Lance. So you understand the scrutiny that the Garoppolo is under and he has been to a super bowl and he has, he's had some success. Mm-hmm. And look, I know the quarterback coach that they used to have there. They got rid of him last, you know, this year, I think he's with the chargers now, but, but he doesn't work on footwork at all. That, that right. coach that he had doesn't work on footwork. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned this to me. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't know the position. So a lot of coaches don't do that. Yeah, a lot of coaches <laughs> don't do this anymore. So Garoppolo's <laughs> got good. those crazy feet and everything, and, and you know now I don't know his coach now, but it looks like he's working on it. And you really, you almost like for me, you wanna you wanna root for the guy, not against the Packers, but anytime somebody's put in that situation, you want to give them the opportunity to test their metal, right? And he did come right. through and make some plays last night. But like you said, the key to the games in, in situations like this, when your defense hasn't been playing great is, hey, just let's stick to what we know is going to work. Let's get Garoppolo off the spot. Because if yep. you put anybody in his face, he starts holding the ball, he starts looking around, he gets happy feet, things that you're talking about, he doesn't go through his progressions. And yep. now we all of a sudden, we create opportunities to have turnovers, we create opportunities to have those third long situations. And right. he made some plays last night. His receivers made some plays he for him last night. He made some really good throws last night. Yeah, he made some really good throws. But 
we did get him off the spot. We did pressure him. I thought we did a good job of understanding, like, we're probably not going to beat Trent Williams, right? Although Preston right. Smith had some good rushes against him. Right. We're probably That's not going to get his, we're probably not going to get his blind side. Let's take advantage yeah. of the right side of the offensive line. Let's mm-hmm. create some pressure there. And I thought they did a pretty good job, man. I mean, it was certainly a step up from the last two games. So you got to, as far as being able to build, you know, you got to be happy with that, but just understand when you play against a really good offensive line or you play against a, a, a really elite quarterback, mm-hmm. you have to find out what's that one thing that's really going to, you, you either want to take something away or you want to force them into a situation where they don't like. And, yep. you know, they did a good job. We just got, it's something to build on for sure. It's, it's great to get that victory and be able to build on that. Yeah. And I say from a defensive, you know, defensive. So we're starting, you know, talking about the defensive side, you know, Joe Barry and that new defensive scheme. So I say for me, the first pack, you know, first half was pretty solid and and it kind of, it, it fluctuated, obviously, late in the uh, third quarter there when I told you when Jimmy started getting the happy feet. But also, that's when he kind of got comfortable and start, you know, hitting the dots, you know, dotting his receivers off and driving down. And uh, the catch, or really, I say the throw and the catch to his tight end. Um, I mean, uh, not tight end, fullback, 44, was uh, just, you know, just sitting in that pocket. And you saw the pocket, you know, for the most of the games, the pockets were pretty good, obviously. Uh, most of, I say probably like eight, 80 percent of the time, but then you had that pocket sometimes just just close like a you know just like a, a trash compactor on Aaron and Garoppolo where they're getting that outside pressure to you know kind of basically close like a cup and not let them get outside that pocket because we know Aaron you can, can uh, be dangerous once he gets outside of that pocket. So I like that. So with Joe's defense, like I said, solid in the be- in the beginning of the game, they kind of fluctuated, gave up the points, but then still it's still a part of like learning a scheme. You know, if they're still in that year one, this is a new coordinator coming in. So, you know, making sure what they mean, you know, when they're in, you know, a game film review and he's talking about certain coverages, you know, certain stunts that they're planning, certain blitzes. And they're, you know, obviously, you know, when you learn a new offense, it's just learning what exactly he means, the verbiage, the understanding. He's like, oh, okay, when I, when you say buzz here, what do you, where do you want me to buzz to? Or if you want me to, you know, mug the A-gap, how do you want me to, you know, certain ways a coach wants you to sit in the A-gap or blitz a certain way or even, you know, pass throw, pass throw and things that that we know, uh, Mike. So just adjusting to that is going to take time. And now this, you know, game three is that time. You know, game one, you know, they're they're off. Game two, you know, they they kept uh, Detroit out of the end zone. And uh, they kept in the 17 points. This game obviously was a little, a little bit more scoring, but we knew we we're dealing with a different offense and, and a different offensive play caller than Kyle Shanahan. So he, we know he's a guy that can score points. And he can do it in different, you know, different array of different amount of ways. I think what was it about? I looked at the uh, stats list and I saw about six, maybe seven players, offensive players, touch the ball as a runner. You know, Kettle. Not only the two running backs, but Kettle, uh, Garoppolo, and then I think uh, Debo, Debo Samuels, and uh, uh, Ayuka as well, all touched the ball on some type of wide receiver reverse or tight end reverse. So he's very creative. So that's where, you know, playing, getting ready for that type of offense to try to slow that down. I think Packers did, uh, Joe Barry and the defense did very good throughout the whole game, especially to cap it at the end and start putting the pressure on Jimmy G. It shows you, it shows you too, like, it shows you why they, why they drafted, uh, uh, Trey, right? It it, right. it shows you it shows you why they drafted the other quarterback because they they look to me. You watch me, okay? You just start reeling off names that they have on their team that are just really like. First of all, really Trent good. Williams is like I don't know one of the all time greatest tackles. Yeah, in the you talk of the about game. him all the time. Yeah, still still yeah. Do, still dominating everybody. 
right? Like, and Tomlinson's a good player. George Kittle, George Kittle for, for me, for me, just me, is the number one tight end in the league because he does it yeah. all, and he does it so well, and he can stretch the field. It, you know, him or Gronk, you know, whatever, but he can stretch the Gronk, field. Right? Kelsey's, Kelsey, right. Kelsey, Kelsey's a receiving guy. I love – I mean, he's a great player, but I'm talking about right. guys who – like, George that Kittle has highlight tapes of pancaking people, right? So he yes. does it all. They have Pro Bowl fullback. They have they, – they, they're – Jack, it looks like mm-hmm. they have some people in the backfield now that can run the ball. They have all those guys on the uh, in the the slot receivers. The rec- we have speed everywhere. So th- to me, they're like mm-hmm. a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. All right, you kind of yeah. see what they're looking at, and you can see how that offense, with the ability to break, contain, and run at the quarterback position, right, is like that's the difference in the game, really, right? That's a headache. You know, that's the difference in the game. And so when you have a guy, we happen to have a guy like that. You know, Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers can break contain and make plays and probably arguably the best, the best person in the league at throwing on the run, you know, throwing with, with accuracy on the run is Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, we're, we're famous for the scramble drill. So you just see, you (laughs) see how, you see how they're thinking. And again, it's like you said, it's so good to get a win early in the season when you're still working on your stuff, working on the scheme, learn, learning mm-hmm. kind of how everybody plays together. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, so moving into Garoppolo now, how you mentioned. So explain getting him off the spot and the reaping the benefits of that for the uh, Packers defense last night. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you watch the game, you know, the, one of the things that you talk about Garoppolo, we just said you know, this is why they this is why they they uh, moved up and up, spent all that draft capital to get Trey Lance because right. Garoppolo is not a kind of player who we're worried about as a defense. We're worried about him breaking contain. We're worried about him throwing on the run. And we know no. that because we it's historically been shown that when you put somebody in his face, it's the same. People have said the same thing about Tom Brady for you. It how is. Do you get, exactly. how, do you, how, do you, how do you get to Tom Brady? You hit him right in the face. You don't, you don't come it. from the side. You don't let him step up. Basically, you don't let these players step up. You make them go backwards. Right. right? Make them and uncomfortable, so when, basically. Yes. So when you have a rush plan, as a defensive line, as a, as a box seven, right. As, as safeties and you're putting people in front of his face. So you're not trying to rush up field and like get the back shoulder, his throwing motion. You're trying to put people in front of his face. And so he can't step up. He has to back up or he has to crouch and, and you know, he has to, he has to tuck the ball. Right. When those situations happen. All of a sudden you start seeing the rush a little bit more. You, like you said before, his footwork goes to hell. Yep. You're not see you're not seeing the field anymore. Okay, those are the situations you want to put this guy in, and the way you do that is you change your what we call a you have a rush plan for each quarterback, right? Whether yep. you want to build a, like with Ryan Tannehill when I was Miami, we'd go when they went to play the Patriots. The Patriots knew that he wanted to roll out to his right, so they would build a wall on his right side. They would just rush up and basically stop and start mm-hmm. compressing, and then everybody else had free rush because it was his backside, and they know he didn't like the backspin out. And rush to his left, and so he they right. could they could pin him in there, right? And so yep. every team has a rush plan, or they should. A lot of teams don't have a rush plan. A lot of teams they should. should. But right. you see, hey, what we're trying to do is get him off the spot. And I think the next thing for the Packers is like, it's like watching the Carolina Panthers right now. The Carolina Panthers, True. they not only are bringing all these free rushers, but when they bring free rushers, their guys that are covered up have a rush plan that is like. I'm going to not just try to go down the middle. I'm not going to try to like beat you to the side. I'm going to try to put myself right in front of the quarterback. So the quarterback can't step up and he has to, he has to face that, that free rusher one V one. 
it's a, right. it's something that you know i think when you and i were playing it was more like hey let's get to the quarterback we have we're just going to get to the quarterback or we're going to have a spy or we're going to play right. contain but now you have to be a little more sophisticated because the athleticism of these quarterbacks you have to know actually where you want to engage him like yeah. do i want to engage him on the front foot or the back foot do i want him to be able to step up into the pocket because with these with these um shotgun series now the quarterback's 10 yards deep Dude, that guard, I, the idea of a guard having to set for depth anymore, that's really not a thing. It, it doesn't, it doesn't right? exist. Right? Because, like, who the hell is going to get Boris 10 yards? So you have to have a <laughs> Better plan not. how you want to make that guy go, right? Uh, right. You, or where you want that quarterback to go. You have to be able to manipulate, manipulate that from a, a defensive line standpoint. If you can do that, and especially guys like Garoppolo, it screws mm -hmm. the whole game up. Yeah, yeah. Garoppolo being a, basically a drop-back quarterback, not your, mm -hmm. your dangerous get-out-the-pocket you know, quarterback, like uh, the quarterbacks of today, basically, that are becoming successful and becoming, I say, defensive coordinators, nightmares. You know, it's something where, you know, once you know you can collapse that pocket, like you said, stepping into a throw is so important because that's the power and that's the accuracy of the throw for the quarterback. And if that quarterback cannot step into a throw, then a defense can basically, like you say, control that, uh, that throw. And But somebody that obviously, as we've seen, you know, several – for you know, for several years now with Pat Mahomes, he's a guy that he can he could he he can be backpelling and he can still get the ball there. But now keep now I mean as we've seen in the last three weeks for him, uh, teams are catching up to him now. They're defeating him properly and he's creating problem. He's creating turnover. They're creating turn you know Pat Mahomes into throwing interceptions because he's he he's now being being figured out. A lot of defensive coordinators obviously studying him. Players are talking. You know we played him this week. You know, we did this, you know, put pressure on from this side. Like you say, building the wall to make Tannehill go only go one way, force him to his weakness. And uh, and that's, a, that's something that Joe Barry, uh, Matt LaFleur from the offensive side can continue to build, you know, and keeping the momentum going. Um, for me, you know, having that, I say having everybody's timing down, you know, is I say is very important. And going here right here to finish up the, the comments here. So game plan is uh, pretty straightforward. So, when you say that against good offenses now, so what do you mean when you say that, Mike, right there? Well, we talked about it before. You know, really, if, you if you're playing against a good offense, you want to mm -hmm. be able to – you always want to be able to affect them some way, right? And against guys like Aaron Rodgers or against an offense like that's historically pretty explosive like San Francisco, what, are you, what is the best thing for you to do, right? And we do, we're talking about between you know, 10 and 20 ranked defenses right now. We're not talking mm -hmm. about the top defense in the league. Right. Yeah. You want to make them go the distance. You want to make you want to make that quarter that offensive coordinator kind of stay disciplined, right? And stick to right. what's working. You want to make that quarterback stay disciplined and stick to what's working. You want to make sure you want to you want to give their offensive line a chance to hold you, you know, get a holding call over the next 10 to 13 plays. Like yes. we would rather slow bleed than just give up plays all the time. Because right. That's not good. the last thing that any of these coordinators want is to just go up and down the field, even if they're, you know, even if you're not giving up uh, points every single time, the tempo of that game benefits the offense, not the defense. Right. Right. And then like defensive players, that's when they get out of your technique because they're just basically in panic mode. Like, man, you know what, who can I cover? You know, who, or who, how we're going to stop this offense Offense is getting right. 10, 20 chunks um, yeah. at a time. And that's frustrating. And one of the things that, <clears throat> that we, nobody considers, or we don't talk about enough is the power of having a plan right? Like having a plan is the enemy of distraction and despair and despair, yes. excuse me. So if you have a plan and you I believe in it, your coordinator yeah. says, Hey, listen, this is how we're going to beat these guys. Okay. This is what used to happen on Wednesdays with us. You come in, 
this is how we're going to beat this team. If it was a formidable opponent and we're like, oh, man, this is good defense, this is how we're going to beat them, right? And we would kind of tweak that over the course of the week. But when we came into Sunday, you believe in that plan. And just that belief alone puts you on a different level as far as how well you're going to play. So having a plan, even if it's just, hey, listen, we're going to make them go the long haul. We're going to do this, and here's why. Here's, yep. the, here's the numbers on what they do usually if, if, we, if they're, it's a 13-play-plus drive. They usually have two holding calls and a couple incompletions. They get out of sync, et cetera. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be able to go into your meeting room as a coordinator or a head coach and say, this is how we're going to beat them. This is what we're going to do. And you got to sell that so that your players buy into it. And, and you saw yesterday, that's really – what both these teams, I think, defensively were trying to do. Unfortunately, on the on the San Francisco side, it's like you guys are trying to take away Devontae Adams, right? Well, we're starting when exactly? Right? They look like they're back in coverageing, and then all of a sudden they're dropping into zone. Aaron Rodgers is throwing to spots half the time, which means they're not playing man. You know, it, it was it was a little bit confusing because they were kind of given the Packers everything they wanted. They're giving them the six seven man box and playing two shell deep. Maybe they're not giving up the deep <laughs> exactly. ball after that first one. But then you're like, well, wait a second. You're, you're playing that two shell so we can run the ball if we want downhill. We got the screen game going because you're not playing man with Fred Warner because Fred Warner is the only guy who's going to blow up the screen in that, in that instance, right? Mm-hmm. With the speed, the speed that the speed it's going to take to, like, you know, for like running or somebody to block him. And yep. then you're also giving, you're giving him all these windows. Like you hear Aaron Rodgers after the game talking about, oh, I was going to check this window, then this one. You know, he's talking about windows, man. That's zone yeah, coverage. The zone, that's zone that coverage. Man, right. That's not man Everybody coverage, bro. That. Right. So it was right. that whole thing was a little bit confusing for me. And it's like one of those deals where it's, it seemed like it, it, at least in part, they got, they got away from what, the, what was being, what was effective at maybe early in the game. Right. Right. I mean, you see that last drive and, defensively like what you this is what you're talking about and i see it as a, i'm like wait a minute you got one of the best guys in that situation you got one of the best receivers and the best quarterbacks duel to that you're against right now and i think i mean obviously I, i'm in i'm in wisconsin watching the game and i'm like okay cover if you got to tackle 17 tackle him right you know at least at least <laughs> at least get a flag don't just let him go straight up the middle and catch the ball. It was great, obviously, great placement with the ball by Aaron, um, throwing it to him, and he was backpedaling it in, but he's warmed up now. Um, but that's just your – that's what – I mean, automatically, as soon as the play is called in the defensive huddle, you already know, okay, whatever coverage we're in, if it's man, if it's zone, 17. If I'm a DB, I'm thinking about 17 the whole time. I'm having two – I'm having an eye and a half on him. I'm like, where, if I'm on the right side of the field and he's on the left, I'm looking who's on my side, then I'm peeking where he's at. If he's in slot or if he's outside. Because slot, that means he's most likely going to come my way. He's going to have a corner or a dig coming my way, and that's where he caught the ball. And dead center field where he already took a hit probably 10 minutes for that, where a hit most likely he shouldn't have been in the game. But, you know, football sometimes, we, we already know. He And he I knew Devontae's like, I'm not coming out. I'm not, I'm not, I got to finish this game. You know, um, he took that big hit from – uh, the tart and it was uh you know like I said and he gets back in makes that thing comes back in uh, the the final drive to get that right up deception and then second reception I that for another 17 yard game to basically get a Mason Crosby in field goal range so it was just that for me too also was like that was a little like surprise like it, how you not want to put two guys on him bracket him I don't care how you're doing it but in that situation he should not have caught the ball but he did Glad and he talking did. about you know the <laughs> Packers I mean, win 30, 30 yeah glad it, Packers win 30 to 28 so 
So we're talking about players. We're going to bring in some, you know, new little section called player of the game. And uh, I'll say for me, Doc, I was just talking about the guy, Devontae Adams. Um, I'm not even going to go into stats. You know the stats. We know the stats. We watch the game. But I'm, a, I'm looking at, you know, something that we've talked about both. We both have mentioned about Devontae and his route running and his uh, leadership, um, his ability to get open, his ability to catch those balls. You know, not that he's done it. Obviously, he has not done it 100 percent of the time he's human you know he's played against other defenses but when so you know but when you have that and when you have these moments a lot of the time he's winning these moments you know he could have stayed out of that game most likely he had most likely had a concussion but came back in and caught to do the two biggest catches of the game later in that game when those are the catches that should account early in the game you know you get a first down here first down there but in late in the game those are plays that count and then team your teammates your uh your coaches and then opposing teams that are watching film, they're like, okay, we're taking note of this. All right, this is what happened, you know, third and 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 it was a you know fourth quarter, 37 seconds to go. They went a drag, deep drag over the middle. Then he went onto like almost a, a stop route. He stopped when uh, Aaron got him the ball, get it, you know, lifted over the linebacker. So take note of that going into the rest of the season. And he, you know, we got some good teams as we've seen so far in an NFC, uh, or I say in the NFL early. So that's, I said, that's my player of the game, Devontae Adams, just the way he stepped up, played through, basically played through injury and was able to help win the game. What about yourself? Yeah, you know what? I, I wrote down one thing and I, I really, I probably should have, I'm going to change my mind. So I had Eric Stokes written down because <laughs> he made his first start, you know, Kevin King. Correct. There's played, been a whole saga well. there, right? Correct. Huh? Correct. And, no, I'm saying he played Stokes, well. Right. Yeah, and, and Stokes had, he had, you know, he was growing pains, but it's like, man, I see the light at the end of the tunnel with him. You're right. He looks yes. like he's game for it. Right. I mean, he was in, he was in old boy's pocket here at third down when it really mattered. So you just, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm glad he was in. I'm glad he's getting those reps. Yep. I, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk about how well Clanny Clark Clark paid collapse in that pocket in yes. instances. Right. And then, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an offensive lineman. And after the second series, Rogers was pretty clean. We were opening holes and they did such a nice job of, getting to the second level and just keeping it in manageable downs, man. I was really happy with the way those guys played, especially the young guys inside. You kind mm -hmm. of had expectations. I always think that Billy's going to play well out of right tackle and he did. Right. And then the young guy, Yosh coming in and playing left tackle. They, we weren't sure how that, that lineup right. was going to be going to be right. changed, but that guy came in and I'll tell you what, man, he had a, maybe a rough, you know, two series. And then he just, he was competing, man. I, I was just really impressed because Damn, Nick Bosa mm -hmm. looks like a, a, a goddamn cartoon character with those arms sticking out of that jersey. <laughs> right. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm intimidated on the damn TV. I'm on my sofa like, oh, golly. I hope, a, I hope he doesn't come ask me for a Pepsi. Like, I don't, I'll give him, a, <laughs> give him my last drink. But uh, I'm telling you, he played, he played really well. Those guys played really well, and it was just – it was fun. So uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to that offensive line in general just because that's who I am. Yeah, hey, I mean, I watched the, a lot of the blocking, and I said it was just I could count on one hand how many times the pocket actually collapsed on both Aaron and Garoppolo. Um, yep. which that's not bad five times, six times where the pocket's you know collapsing on your quarterback, but sometimes it did collapse and Aaron stepped up. I think they did it one time, it was a three man rush, and it looked like they had him, and he just stepped up and then off to the left and was able to get the completion out. Um, to his receivers but it's but still that's still a win because you're getting back there you know as a as a defense and for that also not only if you don't get them you collapse the pocket that offense alignment is obviously thinking about that uh, you know especially one that's already worried about trying to stop you know Kenny Clark trying to stop 
the defensive front, Preston Smith, uh, Rashard Gary, he's stepping up. He is showing, you know, you know why he should be playing out there. And, and these players have to do that. The player can't leave it up to the coaches of picking them out. Oh, you're going to be the starter. Why are you going to be the starter? You know, and really to your teammates, you got to earn it. And I think he's doing he's doing that now. He's going out there. He's making plays. Um, Zedarius is out for a while, and now he has to step up. And he's he was part of the, that uh, that committee of kind of collapsing that pocket because you know Jimmy he barely got out of there. And that, like I said, on that missed throw, he threw into the ground and it was a fumble. Um, that was Kenny Clark right in his face, along with the other young linebackers, because like I think they had a game going on that play. So um, I, I definitely you know like that. I agree. You know, defensive front, offensive front, and getting into their their I say their comfort zones to get you know into the uh, finish out the first month of this season so far. So uh, let's take it to around the league now. So I know around the league it was some interesting games. You know, I was uh I was I did able to see like I said I watched the game. You know, Packers. Uh, 49ers game when I got home, but I was I was you know streaming, you know flicking channels, and I say a game that caught my eye. Obviously, it was a big game. It was a big other other big game in the NFC that was also on the West Coast down in LA was the Bucks versus the Rams. You know, put everybody's hyping it up a potential NFC Championship um, early. I mean early prediction. You know, between all the teams, but you know. What I knew going into this week is going to be a deep. I thought I, I thought it what it was, even though it was a high scoring game. I still thought it was a defensive game. Um, mm-hmm. Top two, one of the two top defenses in the the league total, but both in the NFC. And Brady's coming across uh, the United States to play there against you know his weapons, Gronk, Godwin, the run game, and uh, there was a couple injuries happened. I know I think Giovanni got hurt, and then um, AB think, was uh, out. Yep. Yep, and then Grunt got you know hitting his back too, so it was hard hitting game, but something that I say for Tom, for Bruce Aaron's, and those guys out in Bucks, you know, this is obviously something they you want these games early, you know, you want the games like like this, especially if it's a potential contender later in the season and playoff game later in the season. We had some of them games ourselves where we played this team. We like, okay, this we rather have this loss now because then you can learn from it. It's really super early in the season. And there's a, by the time we get to playoffs or if we get to divisional round or NFC, you know, NFC championship, this game is going to be long forgotten. But we're going to, you know, we've learned a ton from this game, being that it was a first loss. Uh, they defensed Tom very well, you know. And then the, at the end of the day, it was just good old playing solid defense, you know, playing football. They were hitting him. They were hitting him, you know, like seeing Grunt. You know, he got, it was, you know, wasn't illegal. He just got hit hard. But that's what I think teams led off of because they, they get, they get behind the Bucks or any team that Tom Brady's on when he's at the Patriots. You saw they get out in front and the team defensively kind of gets dis- discombobulated. They're not really hitting hard. They're not sticking to their fundamentals. The Rams, on the other hand, they stuck to the fundamentals the whole game. They were hitting hard. They were putting pressure on the quarterback and the wide receivers to get open. And uh, that's where you saw the interception happens or you just saw where Tom and the Bucks offense couldn't do a whole lot early and um, later. I'll say later in the game. Early in the game, they were doing it, but later in the game was just that Rams defense played four quarters of football and all aspects of getting the rush in there and also playing great on the back end. Yeah, they, that was that was a great game to watch. It was entertaining. Matthew Stafford just looks like he's a good fit for what McVay's trying to do. He also has he has he has a ton of weapons. You know when. As it happens often, when you get up on another team and you can like pin your ears back and you have an Aaron Donald, just the fact that he's on the field 
is going to make everybody really nervous. They move Jalen Ramsey around a lot. He's a shutdown guy, but you can't just say, okay, we're going to take away the left side of the field. He's moving around all the time. So it put, it puts, um, I think it put the Buccaneers in some different situations that maybe they, you know, they'll be ready for next time they play him. They expect right. to see these guys in the playoffs. I'm sure. But yeah, it was, a, it was a good for, you know, week three, it's all you can eat, man. It, it's a, it's yep. a great game. You know, I don't put too much stock into week three games, but it was definitely a good test. It was fun to watch those guys. Um, uh, I, for me, the game that just is the most confusing game of the week okay. was watching the Chicago Bears try to play football against the Cleveland Browns. I do agree. You can you can you can have it. <laughs> I, I, I I just agree. you know for me, and this is this goes into our trench warfare episode, segment a little bit. So I, you know, we're talking right. about offensive line versus defense line, but we're tying. It's bigger than that. You have right. brought in a new quarterback, Justin Fields, the future. Yes. The city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, is hoping that he is the first superstar quarterback you have ever had in franchise history. In Not franchise history, <laughs> you don't know if. Matt Nagy isn't playing him because he didn't want him. He wanted Mac Jones and the general manager went the wrong way or the owner went the wrong way. Right. You don't know if he's not playing him because Andy Dalton got paid $10 million and they feel like they have to play Andy Dalton. Yep. You don't know why you're not don't. playing this guy. You just know that he looks better. You know that the team thinks that he should be in the game from the way that the veterans are talking about him. Mm -hmm. You know that they don't want Andy Dalton to play football for them. And then I saw yesterday the game plan that they put together. Right. And I thought, what in the hell are you doing? And then I saw Bill Lazor's the offensive coordinator, and shit all made sense to me. Because Bill Lazor's the kind of guy, right? He was with us okay. in Miami. He's the kind okay. of guy who's he's just going to say, we're running this stuff. If your guys can't block, I don't know, Miles Garrett, who's probably the defensive player of the year, Right now, yeah, too bad, but this is what we're running. Like, wow, so no adjustments, yeah. Oh, adjust well, listen, it's a team sport, right? And that means yes. coaches too. So, like, yep, AG, if you're the coordinator and you're like, hey, we're gonna do five man protection 14 times with Justin Fields, okay, knowing that we can't block three out of four of their down linemen by ourselves, right? No, nah, I, I gotta go as the offensive line coach, hey, listen. You could fire me, but there ain't no way we're doing that because right. we'll get our asses kicked. You're going to hurt this franchise quarterback. He got sacked nine times, dude. Right. I think in, a, the, in our best season, Brett might have got sacked 15 times or 16 times the in entire the season. season. The entire he got sacked season. Nine times in one game, man. Right. Like you can't do that to a guy and especially a mobile quarterback. Huh. That means your that means your scheme is so trash for who you have it personnel wise and is nobody saying anything. And it's almost like, like the questions were asked with this one with Adam Gase, right? Remember when Adam right. Gase got Le'Veon Bell and they're like, yep. uh, in, does in he, he doesn't really want him, you know? So right. he didn't, he wasn't playing. He wasn't getting his looks. This happens all this. This has happened before in the NFL, right? Like we picked up Jamal Reynolds yeah. that one year and everyone's right. like, what the hell we picked this kid up number 10 for from Florida state. Right. He had more, he made more in millions than he had snaps his first three years. Like, Correct. you know what I'm saying? Like, yep, I remember. So it all this stuff happens, but you got to ask yourself, like, 
why would you do that to a potential franchise? Put him in a situation where he can't be mobile. He's right. dropping back. They're going to take away the first read. Yep. You're going to play man coverage, take away the first read. Like I, I just, I'm not a bears fan at all, but I'm a football fan. And I'm, I'm like, dude, you can't, because what happens here is now there's all these questions about, okay, do you even want this guy? Your offensive line goes home and feels like shit. Sorry for the language. You feel terrible, yeah. but right. they do. I mean, and rightfully so you gave up nine sacks, but it's like, bro, you don't have a single person on your line that can block miles Garrett. You don't have a you probably two not by themselves. Not by themselves. It's absolutely asinine that they would even think about doing that. And I'm not bad mouthing those guys. I know that guy is a full grown man. Yes. Probably unlike we've ever seen in this league, except maybe Reggie White. Like I'm just talking about a dude who squats 800 pounds or whatever. Like he's frightening to look at, right? Wow. Impressive. You're just not. You're not even gonna like have a game plan, like. I, it, it, it was just, it was, it was very, as a football fan, a guy who wants to see Justin Fields do well, a guy yes. who generally likes old school teams like the NFC North. You're like, dude, don't do that to the kid, man. What is that? Yeah. I mean, that's basic defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, one-on-one or quarterback coach one-on-one, or you ask your quarterback, what plays do you want to run? What's your favorite uh, pass play, your favorite play action play, your favorite run play? that you feel comfortable doing intertwining with all the play action are now RPOs. You, so, but, so as a coordinator and as a coach, you're setting up that player to win because you're taking the plays that he's very comfortable with, that is no thinking that he can see the progression in the past routes of where to go instantly. That's his snap. That's his bread and butter play. And so not to have that ready to go, regardless, you have Dalton start the season, but then you have Justin Fields, you know, in, you know, in the background, fly, get out of here. Uh, you know, backing up, you're going to have, you got to have a game plan for both because you know that eventually Justin is going to get in there. So have plays ready, have a game plan ready, have a first 15 ready for a guy of, because you got two different quarterbacks dealing with Dalton and dealing with uh, Justin Phil. Dalton is a drop back quarterback. He, he, can he run? Yes, but he's not, that's not a, his uh, main weapon. Justin Fields, he can do both. He has a bad baseball background, but he has that ability again to get out the pocket like all the quarterbacks of today, and then stretch it, run it, and give that defense defender a headache. So it's just not, not obviously not wise. You would think a head coach is wise enough to know I got to have a potential game plan in the back pocket just in case the starter gets hurt. You know, you got to have plays ready. And yeah, they're not giving Justin Fields. And then and, and I, and I agree with the blocking too for the line is they, they, they didn't have them matched up right. You had single blocks in, in, on a lot of the plays. And play action to where you got him play actioning to the left, but you got him going backside for his first progression read. I said that's not a, 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 a I say a quick solution to when you have Miles Garrett at that time. They probably had three sacks. He's like, you would think you would not do that. You want to give the kid more time to throw the ball and not get hit or or or, or bothered trying to you know get the ball out of the backfield with you know to his receivers. It, 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 you know, it, it's just not, I just I like in my mind, I sat there, I, I saw that score, I saw the highlights and I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm picturing I close my eyes, I picture like being in the offensive meeting room. Right. right. And I, I don't know who the, I don't know the line coach there, but I know the assistant line coach is Dominic Rayola, who was like a oh. badass center for the Detroit Lions for a yeah, long time. Like that dude knows yeah. football. Yes, and I does. can't imagine that he is just sitting there during the game plan. Going like, oh, yeah, this is going to you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, this is oh, sure, coach. Yeah, this is going to work. No, no, our guys will block him. Like oh no this let's put let's right. do five step drops and, fi- and let's do all these no. five step drops and and hold the ball for two pats like I just you know what I mean it's just one of those things where 
there's so much going and this is what fans don't understand sometimes man there's right. so many egos in the room and there's so much nonsense going on aside from the product that you see on the field that mm. it just like for me i'm just i get so like i get like you can probably tell like emotionally angry about when coaches <laughs> almost just to spite not not to spite but just because their egos are so big they don't do what's right by those players like Correct. man take if you're going to take the l do take the l running like keep passes run some stuff for the guys got a chance dude right don't just put him back there to die right. you know yeah what do you yeah. think was going to happen i just it's just it's so frustrating because you don't know he's how's he going to come back from that now dude True. had nine sacks in his first game i mean right. i guess you can only go up from there but it's like dude right. got you get, hurt you know what i'm saying yep between getting hurt and if you say you can only go up from here and and like you said it's that mental side of it like when you you think you're going to think on somewhere if you're a good player what did I do wrong? And you, you're asking, I'm pretty sure he could potentially be questioning himself. What did I do wrong? Was I, yeah. you know, get what did I go to? Did I get to my, did I not get my feet set? Did I not go through my, I couldn't find my first progression in, in the throw lineup? Uh, what, you know, what was I doing? Did I hear the play wrong? Um, did I come out of center? Wrong? You know, so he's going to hopefully not do this, but potentially question himself and his game. And then, and once a kid, once a player gets in its own head, then, you know, it, that, that's that's tough to come back from. You could come back from it. You just got to be aware of it and be able to fight through it, you know, with the with the coaching and on top of that. Because you're trying to respect your coaches at the same time being a young player. But then also, you play football enough. He won 22. He was 20 and, tw and 2 at Ohio State. He, <laughs> he, he was in big games. So he should know on his own mindset when you hear an adjustment or coach say something that doesn't add up, you'd be like, uh, coach, I hear what you're saying. Or he might not even have to say this to his coach. Just like say it to himself. I got this. I, I know what I'm doing. You know, the coach is trying to coach me up, but he's wrong right now. Cause I've had coaches do that where I'm on, I want you to do this. And then I'm like, oh, you about to get me killed going over, over a cover two middle. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> well, it's, 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 do it's the thing. oldest thing in the world, right? You see, you see so many athletes that come out and they get into a space <laughs> And it becomes overwhelming for whatever reason. And he's not the kind of kid, you know, and again, like I'm watching highlights. I watch about a half a quarter of this like really live game. And I watch all the highlights and everything. You try to pick up stuff. Right. Right. But you, what you see is inevitably the game speeds up for him now. And sure. I'm not, not just him. We, I mean, we could talk about literally every player in the offensive line, everybody, but we'll just focus on the quarter. The, now the game speeds up. Now you're seeing the rush. Now you're the clock in your head's going for everything is more enhanced yep. everything is faster than it should be and what are we trying to do as coaches we're trying to slow the game down for them that's, that's it we're trying to do we're trying to act simplistically it's not like like it's not like the, Cle the cleveland browns were getting run by the texans last last week until uh tyrod taylor got hurt correct like they were going up and down the field on them. like if they're not unbeatable right you just have to have a plan in place to be successful you can't just be hoping for the best against arguably who I think is going to contend for the defensive player of the year in the NFL, yeah. you know, every single year he plays from now on, probably he's cause he's got it figured out. Yep. And it's like, you got, and then you got clowny, you got all these dudes over there. You got uh, uh, Malik Jackson's over there rushing the, I mean, they got, they got boys that can rush. Right. Right. So you just got to be really, really smart and deliberate in how you treat that quarterback. But I know there's other games going on. I just, yeah, that drove no, that me insane a, yesterday. No, that, that was a good game. And uh, yeah, good, good things. And then obviously I'm staying in uh 
a little bit of NFC North and a little NFC West, the, the Seahawks, you know, starting off the season pretty good, but then losing to the Vikings in, in, a, in a, say, a well-defense game. Just seeing that game, I saw little highlights of that game, and uh, Vikings defense probably definitely, I say, stepped up and put in uh, Russell in different situations, you know, you know, situation where he made him work. And because early in the game, it looked like it was going to be, you know, a track meet because they went right down the field. Russell got in the game plan. If it was the first 15 or whatever they had going, worked, <clears throat> got the ball in the end zone with a touchdown throw to, <clears throat> excuse me, DK Metcalf right away within. So first drive of the game and same thing for Minnesota. They went right back down the field. Um, but obviously I went away from the game and missed the rest of the game, but seeing the score, but then watching the highlights, seeing the defense step up for the Vikings, getting that, you know, putting that pressure. Cause you, you know, He's a Russell is a scrambling quarterback, but it's just like any quarterback. You step up in the pocket, you or not step up in the pocket, you close that pocket fast. And what he likes to do, get outside the pocket, you get him where he stays in, or even then just be aware defensively, you know, how he can throw the ball on the run and, and get in that position. I believe the Vikings, which they are a defensive team first, but through the head coach, uh, definitely did that and stepped up and got that win there. So NFC North getting. You know, they're, they're not the best conference, but they, they got some tough teams. So they're going to definitely beat each other up going in, uh, going into the playoff playoff run for 2021 here. So I'm going to get into our trench warfare. So breaking down, you know, little things that we saw detail-wise um, offensively or defensively or whatever we saw. And something I mentioned earlier is what I saw with the run alleys for Aaron Jones. Um, early in the game and, and, and certain parts of the game where they were there and the timing with him getting the ball is coming along um, him seeing his run fit. So that means that lineman coming off the ball and he's getting to where if it's a, a single block or a double team block where they're then pushing up to that second level and seeing running and seeing them young offensive linemen do that is beautiful because then, you know, with the double block, then, you know, sifting up to that second layer of linebackers to get those line, you know, getting good linebackers like Warner blocked, getting in his way, opening these alleys for Aaron. It, it, it was looking good. It was looking, I'll say efficient and bam, bam. Well, as soon as you got Aaron getting the ball, he's hitting through the hole. He's picking up, he's getting hit at five yards and then falling forward for another two yards. So that was a, another big thing for him falling forward as a running back, having had awareness for that. Cause that's extra yards. You know, that, that game goes from a five-yard game to an eight-yard game because they sometimes they'll spot the ball where you stop moving. And that was good for him, you know. So I like that aspect of it, you know, that running back, seeing the gaps, seeing the run fits coming, and then, you know, setting up his blocks too to where, like the one on the goal line where he had, it was a, it was a counter. He started to the right, but then saw the way the blocks were going, is able to jump cut back to the left and basically walk into the end zone. So he is doing a good job of letting, you know, letting his lineman work for him to get the ball, you know, in the end zone and ball up the field. So this would be a, another block to, I say, to stack on top of the other to move up. And then obviously, and then my other, my little critique here, other critique is just Aaron getting in his groove, you know, getting his mechanics down. Some of them were a little loose at the end of the game. He was getting pressure on them, but he was able to convert. Um, you know, I know the coaches, you know, fundamentally, I remember back in the day trying to, you know, hearing the conversation of them trying to coach Brett and his technique, you know, planting his feet throwing, but we already know Brett did his own thing. And sometimes, you know, older, older quarterbacks like Aaron now where he's at now, he knows what he can and can't do physically throwing that ball. You know, he could backpedal a little bit, but not a lot. But he did on a few, but was able to you know, sneak that ball over the covers like the two uh, completions at the end of the game for them to win it. Those are those um, two throws were like, you know, for one, for sure, was backpedaling, but he was, you know, able. He knew what he needed to do to get that ball there and basically had the, the, the fundamentals to understand what how to get that ball and win it. 
release that ball when I'm moving the ball downfield. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm at, on that goal line you were talking about, too, with that, um, that jump cut. You see, uh, you see Lazard was, was backside cutting off Bosa, right? And so you right. just wonder if, like, you almost wonder if that was, like, planned. That Bosa was just going to crush that guy plays. down. He was gonna, yeah, he was, right. was going to make that guy miss on the outside and take that, that space because otherwise, like, trying to drive that ball up the middle, it, it, you just go, I, I don't know if Lazard's the guy to block him, right? Like, you see right. across all the league right now, when you put in these blocking, you see these, like, I, I think Tunyon got rolled one time by Bosa yesterday, but there's there's a couple in some couple other games where guys who just have no business being in their blocking defensive ends are just getting uh, right. just getting waylaid. You know, right. for me, for Trench Warfare, we talked about a lot of it. And, and so the only thing I'll, I'll pile on with you is mm-hmm. when you watch it. So Chris Karasek is the, uh, is the D-line coach for the 49ers. He is an excellent. He's not a good coach. He is an excellent coach. He's, he's mm-hmm. arguably the best deal. He's, except for Jim Washburn. Jim mm-hmm. Washburn's an old-time coach. He was like, you know, there's, there's like two teams in the league that gave me troubles every time we played them, the Titans right. and the Jets. And I remember when I met yeah, this guy, I, Titans, I was like, dude, yes. the Titans and the Jets always give me so many problems. I mean, they're such good hands. He started laughing. He goes, yeah, those are my teams, right? But Chris Karasek <laughs> right. is one of his disciples. He, he coached up in Detroit for a while. He was, he's a really, really good coach. The way he teaches his defensive linemen is they're penetrating, but you see they're, they're almost all in track stances. I don't know if you noticed that last time when you yeah. watch them. But across well, the line, that. they're all in track stances, and they're a little bit narrower feet, right? They're, all, they're kind of elongated, and their hips are up, right? They're flat backs. They want to attack that line. That's a lot of explosion what that off does, the ball. Yes, and what that does, so that that makes them more explosive, obviously, yeah. right? So they get into you. But what it also does, because you're starting from that narrower stance, if we can get those good double teams, you see it, it forces them almost to turn their shoulders. And when they turn yeah. their shoulders, we're not necessarily moving them vertically, which we'd love to do, but we uh-huh. do move them horizontally creating that space and then it always allows that backside guy to get up on the second level and so that's yeah. kind of you're always giving up something right now Nadam, now uh sue was like one of the few guys especially in his prime that could get in that stance and then immediately go back to square and play however he wanted right he wouldn't get turned mm-hmm. as much move his feet it's guys, all yeah. when they double they get turned, especially the young, like young 99 is a young player. still. he'll get, you see him, he gets turned. And now we can rise to that second level and get on guys like Fred Warner. Okay. Who's a great running or a great linebacker, but not the biggest guy in the world. So they really right. need those players to stay off him. So it's still, he's the second year there, I think. But from a technique standpoint, you can kind of see how those two things don't necessarily match up because Warner's not a thumper playing middle mm-hmm. linebacker, right? So right. he's not going to come on and take that block on. And their guys in the inside aren't necessarily doing a wonderful job of holding off those double teams. I think you know, maybe credit just be to the Green Bay Packers, but I also look at the way right. that your the plays designed, the techniques designed. You're gonna get turned, right? You're yep. gonna get turned a little bit. So I thought that was super interesting, but that's it for me. I, I like I said before that my game ball goes to the offensive line. I thought they played well. I'm really impressed with the Runyons come in, as particularly in just. And just right. uh, just shown that uh, he's a chip off the old block. His dad was a badass, and he's a badass too, man. So a big fan of his. Uh, yeah, yeah, his dad's pretty cool. His dad is like in uh, government now, city yeah, government. Yeah, yeah, he like yeah, in Philly or New York, one of those yep. places on the East Coast. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. exactly what he's doing, but uh, you imagine like imagine like going into a, a, a meeting or something like that. He's like, dude, he's like six eight, three thirty. Yeah, he's, he's like a, yeah, he's, he's tall. He's a he's a large human. You know, you're trying to tell him <laughs> very something. large human. It's like. <laughs> 
He still has got that boardroom neck, man. You know where your neck's yeah. popping out of your shirt collar with a tie on? Got that yeah. boardroom neck still? I love it. Well, yeah, we got that, that bill's going to get passed. We're, 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 <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, then now let's, uh, let's, let's shift gears into uh, Get Off My Lawn. Now, I didn't have a whole lot here. This is all you, but I'll chime in on a few. I definitely yeah. will uh, jump in. So you can start us off at the top. Yeah, man. So, the, hey, the first Get Off My Lawn is really just, again, we're, keep, we're keeping it in a conference, right? So yeah. we didn't talk about the Lions game, but halftime, they're trying to honor Megatron, dude. Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers of all time, yeah, leaves early because of disputes with the ownership. Barry yep. Sanders, Same the thing. best running back. I don't know who your best guy is. Barry Sanders is the best running back I've ever seen in my no, life. He, yes, right? He's unbelievable. Leaves early. Because, dude, bad owners being able to keep teams in this situation. It just, like, dude, your name is, you have Ford on the back of your name. Give the guy the million sticks. What's right, wrong with let's you? Go. Like, I'm, maybe I'm old school, but like, that guy did a lot for your team, man. Get off my lawn with that. that that's, that's nonsense to me. Yeah. And they never built a team. You know, they tried to, you know, build teams. And the coaching that was there, they had uh, before Patricia, they had the uh, guy Caldwell, and he was the coach that should have been there still. You right. Know, they, you know, it was good. It was sexy to bring in uh, Patricia coming from, uh, Bill Belichick's coaching tree, you know, that's, it looks great. But for the guys that I knew that was still playing at that time, and they taught me about Coldwell, you know, he had, you know, he's coming from Baltimore. He coached with Bruce Aaron. He coached with Tomlin. He coached with good coaches. So he understood how to get his players' attention, how to get the players' buy-in. And then you fire him. That's when I knew recently that that this is, this organization is really not trying to win football game, basically. Ownership, but again, fans don't always understand. They're like, well, Jim Codwell's average. He's, he was eight and eight every year. Okay, okay. he's dealing with bad ownership, period. Exactly. That is it. That, that, they have systemic problems <clears throat> within their building. Everybody knows, everybody who's ever been part of the NFC North knows it, right? Yeah. Look at who they've drafted. Look at who, look at Matt Mellon's track, track record. I mean, it's just, it's a shame, right? Because there's, there's so much opportunity. You want all these guys to succeed. Not everybody right. can be successful, but you shouldn't always be bad, right? That's right. why the Dan Campbell got a six-year deal, right? Because they're like, Dan Campbell's like, it's going to take about six years to change this culture. I want you to, you need to commit to me more than I need to commit to you. Yeah, and it happens that, you know, they're not the only organization. You know, I played down in Houston where the, organ, you know, it was the GM and the owner, McNair at that time, uh, Rick Smith. And then, you know, I come in 07, it was just, I thought, you know, I was like, as a player, okay, I, I, for one, to be honest, full disclosure, I've said this a few times, I did not want to be there. It was a negotiating fight. Uh, I say Tafu by my agent. You know, I find out later uh, some other stuff. Uh, but long story short of it, I get down there and I'm like thinking, okay, I'm going to bring in leadership. I'm going to bring in that, you know, start, you know, honing, developing that culture of winning, you know, being an accountable, you know, showing up to your, do your job in practice, showing up to the weight room, Busting your butt, getting ready in the offseason, all that. But I've learned about football before getting in Houston. I get down there. Ooh-wee. I looked under the hood, Mike. It was a whole lot of stuff broken. I was like, man. So it was, I knew right there, it, 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 I needed help. <laughs> I, I put up the bat single, man. It was rough down there because of the culture. And it started from the top down. Yeah. So, so game week, we're playing against the Tennessee Titans. This is no lie. And you know how the Tennessee Titans used to be the old Houston Oilers organization. They had employees that worked up in administration wearing Houston Oilers jerseys 
in the facility during the week we're playing in. It's clueless. That, that's just, that just, that when I saw that, and I was like, week, that was like halfway through the season, like week seven, week eight. Then I said, this is why we're, this is why the Texans are where they're at. Right. Because you got administrators, you got secretaries wearing, um, was it uh, Warren Moon's jersey, wearing Earl Campbell's jersey. And it's right. like, how you want to develop a winning culture when you're oh. still, you haven't let go of a team that is a whole nother team that is, that's still playing in the league. You know, that, that's, that's one of them. That's one of them from an aspect of like the culture, you know, like we're trying to build a winning organization. We got to, that's not us no more. That's not our identity. Um, you know, and obviously that goes into the player's mindset. We're sitting in the game in the game, in that game playing against the Titans where we lost by three points because Verona set a six, uh, set a record in NFL at that time for six field goals over 50. And but the mindset of the players during that game, I remember uh, we are up, we're actually, you know, first drive of the game, we get stopped, we come off, you know, and then Tennessee rattles off some points. So by the end of the second, first half, we're down 21 nothing. And I'm coming to the sidelines like, okay, hey guys, it's okay, we're going to get the ball. Because we're at, we're having drives, we're getting consistent. We're, you know, we have a, you know, first drive was like four plays and we were out. But then the next drive was like eight plays and we got the ball in the red zone and we ended up kicking a field goal, but or we didn't, or we missed or whatever. We're out. We're just like, we're, the ball, you know, to me, I'm coming to the sound like we're getting, we're getting movement. You know, we weren't, they weren't stopping us. We we're stopping ourselves. But the sideline, when I every time I come to the sideline and say that, I see some of my teammates on suicide watch. And I'm like, man, the second quarter and the game is not over, you know? And we end up coming all the way back, losing to by them by three points because of a kicker hitting six field goals over 50. So it was just that my, I was just like, wow, they, they threw in the towel first quarter when we were down 14 to nothing. I'm like, you can't have that mindset. That's the mindset that obviously keeps it in. It keeps the team kind of like the lions in that situation where they don't not, they don't know how to develop winners. They don't have that mindset to win because we know, as we know, when we think about winning, what do we got to do? We got to show up to practice. We got to show up to watch film. We got to hit the weight room. And then on Saturdays, on Sundays and Thursday night, Monday night football, you better go out there and bust your butt and play football. And it's just, and it's not, uh, like I said, it's just that that word, that culture is not spread very wisely down there. Uh, I'm saying Houston and over in Detroit there, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's and just to, you know, to another one of these uh, get off my lawns was, you know, everyone's going to play hard for D.C. We talked about this before. Dan Campbell's going to get those players. To, like everyone said, oh, they're going to play hard for him. We know they're going to play hard for him. Right. It's like, it's almost like, Aren't you supposed to just play hard? I don't understand. Like I, I, I never understand why these, why these, uh, the media guys and and player. I just don't understand the concept of like, when you're out there, your name's on the back of your jersey, right? Like your mom, right. your mom's watching you. Why, exactly. why do we, ha- why do we have these coaches that can get players to play hard? And why is that? I mean, that's a great thing, I guess. But really, Poor what coach. do we need to do? Like as a right. detail thing, right? What the coaches need to be able to impart information, put you in the right situation, teach right. you technique, make you a student of the game, increase your football IQ, give you routines to create habits in the best interest of like in your best interest. These, Correct. these are the things teach you how to be a, a, a professional. These are the things that were lacking in this yes. league by and large with a lot of young players. And we keep talking about, Oh, well, Dan's, going to get him and I'm, I'm not picking on Dan Dan's a great coach and this is a big deal but mm-hmm. it's always like oh we're going to get him to play hard it's like hey man Dan's going to be successful like I'm a ba- I'm a fan of Dan Campbell 
Right. I'm a, I know Dan Campbell. I'm a fan of Dan Campbell. I want Dan Campbell to do well. Dan Campbell's going to be successful because he's going to teach players how to be professionals in right now what has been an unprofessional environment. And right. we need to stop talking about, yeah, he needs to get more talent. Sure. We need to stop talking about, okay, he's going to get him to play hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, he's going to teach him how to be professionals because exactly. that's what it takes. Like, you need to get off my lawn with all this nonsense about, it's just, oh, we just, some guys are playing hard, some guys are not. Like, yeah, dude, it's easy, man. We'll just fire those guys. That's easy. Right. And, and because that was something, you know, I remember seeing a quote from uh, Michael Irving when uh, Jimmy Johnson came to Cowboys before, obviously, that whole organization changed in the early 80s. And I remember him staying in a conversation that he had when, and Michael Irvin comes in and he goes into the office with Jimmy Johnson and he basically gives him a list of name of players. He said, get them out of here. He said, they're, they don't show up to practice when they do. They don't, they're half acid when they don't show, they don't watch film. They don't break down film in a loss. They want to, you know, they want to point fingers. He said, he basically went into Jimmy Johnson said, he gave him the list of names. He's like, cut these guys <clears throat> because I want to win. He said, I want to win. These are the players that have been keeping us from winning. That was just the player level. You know, he, you that's, know, he's, that, hey, that's, but that's why he's a legend. That's big time, man. Exactly. Most people don't have that. They don't have that moxie to go, go do that. Cause you exactly. got a lot of confidence to do that. Right. No, exactly. They don't. And, and I agree with you. It needs to be more that it's like, and then from the motive, I'll say the part that really gets me when you bring this up is why does a coach got to motivate you to drive, go hard in the paint in your job? I don't care if I was a postman, my manager doesn't have to say a word to me about what I got to do as a postman. I say I'm gonna do my job every day to the hundred percent. So playing football since I was six, by the time I was seven, I knew that I wanted to play football. I knew I wanted to play traditional sports in general, but I knew one thing: I didn't need nobody to tell me. I better play, you know, I need to play hard every play. If I had a, because I'm looking at, I've coached high school, Mike, I've told you for about 10 years now, and I've seen, and I've watched sports, and i watched college football, high school football, and you see these players, and you hear the comments from the coaches saying, you know, I'm trying to motivate them and all this, and I'm like, who are you recruiting if you have to motivate them? You knew when you recruited them, because I've recruited players for esports. And I know instantly I want this kid on my team because I see his passion for it. Or I see hey, her that's because sharks smell sharks. Right. Sharks, lions can can tell right. when there's another lion in the room. And what we don't do when we're recruiting, I mean, this is this is probably a longer conversation. Right. It but is. what we no, don't do a good job of, whether it's at the combine with their interviews, whether when they bring the guys in the building, mm-hmm. man, I used to tell, I, I used to be in Miami. I'm like, you really want to stop bringing in bad players? Go get Zach Thomas, who lives right down the street, or Jason Taylor, who lives right down the street, and bring him in here and have a conversation with each guy that you really want to draft. And they're going to be like this: Nope, or yes, or no. And this be that's all you should. That's all you need to know. You can do all your other. Hey, I like this guy. I like bullshit. But I used to, these guys used to come in, and the coaches come down and start gushing about. Oh, he's such a leader, dude. Are you kidding? I'd be like, Are you serious? Like this guy. <laughs> They bring in these guys. Oh, he went to he went to Ohio State. He went to here. Oh, he's yeah. such a he's a great leader. He's got this and this and this, dude. He didn't walk in the door. I'm like that is not the same dude you're talking about. I know it's not, no. and it's just because a dude a shark can smell a shark, and we don't do a good job of that because everybody wants to keep their their job secure and siloed. But right. hey, but, hey, 
we got to wrap up soon because I got to get on something else. Oh, I got one more yeah. for you, though, dude. John, a little yeah. bit more lighthearted. Okay. The Colts game, okay? This dude's got two busted ankles, and he out there hobbling around. Right? Talking about Wentz, yes. Wentz, yeah. Okay, why are you in the game, dude? Zero rushes, threw for 194 yards, lost the game. I agree with you. And then, I'm, and then I'm watching at the end. He's, like, walking out to shake hands. He's hobbling on both feet. I'm like, bro, what are you trying? I mean, I'm with you, but it's like – you know how it is. You either are not playing or you're not limping. You're not Correct. limping and playing. Cause now you're just telling me like, oh, okay, well it's cause he was limping. Like, nope, no. you either not playing or you're not limping. It's one or the other. You can limp right. because of something that happened in that game, but you can't take it back another week and just be limping around trying to make, trying to make plays happen out there, dude. Not right. in the situation that you're in right now. That's That was, it was almost like comical. <laughs> no, I missed that part. But yeah, I was like, when I knew he played, I was like, man, basically, I think he almost broke one ankle and yeah, then sprained the one before that. So the week before that. So, yeah, it was just like really interesting. I didn't see that. But, okay. Oh, man. So, yeah, let me get you out of here. So that's the end of the podcast. But next week, we got Steelers and Packers. So it's probably the two, I say, most fandom organizations playing each other. Will Steelers there be a new quarterback in Pittsburgh? Correct. Because Big Ben is getting his butt kicked. Man, right now um and steve so students are coming to lambeau field next weekend next saturday afternoon i think it's a three a three thirty kickoff for that game and the steelers lost this past weekend to the Bengals, 24 to 10 they so look like they it. have hey ag they look like they have a high school offensive line i'm not i'm not saying that to be mean the steelers oh bro they wow. lost everybody they lost yeah, everybody villa nueva has gone he's a okay he was now. terrible okay he was garbage <laughs> like he was he's not he he hasn't been good for years but hey marquis hey marquis pouncey retired the Castro's gone. I was gone. wondering where he was at. I didn't. Yep. I thought he the was. Castro's uh, gone. Okay. All pro gone. Yeah. The, the Castro. That's who I was ago, The big fella's gone. Yeah. I mean, they're just. It's like, oh my god. That's. They got some work to do. They look like you turn on the turn on the tape. They look like like the 1974 team. It just looks. It just. It almost looks like you're like this isn't Doesn't right. Doesn't look good. Yeah, man. Right. It's, it's bad. Doesn't look good. And then Ben is mo- not mobile anyway. No, I mean, he could no, he could shimmy. Different. He could it's shimmy, well, yeah, that's he, about he, it. Whatever, whatever, whatever the lower, just the rung below shimmy is. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> it's not. Oh, it's not. Man. That's it. Been a good All run. Right. <laughs> right. He's big. He, he, yeah, he You know, you got to really bring it when you take down Ben because he's a big quarterback. He's probably like 270, somewhere up in there. He knows that. But uh, I want to say thank you, man, coming in for the podcast today. And everybody listening in. You know, go and download this wherever you download your podcast and type in on my block uh, a Green Bay Packers podcast with Amon Green and Mike Wall. That's how you find us in all the Apple podcasts, the Spotify, the iHeartRadio, wherever you download your podcast. Rate us and review us. And then also follow us on Twitter at um, on my block. That is the Twitter handle. And then my Twitter handle is Amon Green 30. I'm also going to post this. Once we get it all edited up and out there on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me there, Mike. Mike, you can let people know where to uh, find Yeah, hit me up at, L- at Unrivaled ESS or Process to Perform on Instagram. Yeah, check us out. Review us, etc. cetera. And uh, AG, great talking to you, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, talk to you next week, Mike.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with the Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.